0: to the Chile Today Podcast. I'm Bethany Francis
1: and I'm Lenny Kluge.
0: We're two immigrants living in Chile talking about Chilean news, cultural events, travel, business and more.
1: If you want to support our podcast, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today Podcast. That's one word, www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today Podcast.
0: Hi, Lenny. Uh,
1: hi, Bethany. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> uh, please never do that again. <laughs>
1: Why not? I know. I do. I, I was talking. He was trying
0: to be sultry, yeah, Figuino but, uh, but his sultriness is, is, comes off as quiet. You have to speak up when you're trying to be <clears throat> sexy. Or how are you better. doing? Okay. Now oh. you just sound like an angry German. Okay, fine. I'm gonna never get that nailed down. <laughs> There's no middle middle with you You've overcompensated and then you like try to speak normal And everybody's like, why are you so angry? Yeah. Like women, welcome to the like show like <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show uh, so How have you been, Lenny?
1: I've been good, turned 41 this week
0: Woohoo, woohoo I didn't realize you were like almost exactly 10 years older than me Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm 31 Oh,
1: alright, look up. at us uh, That was that a was high, high five Pretty that lame nobody. high five but <laughs> yeah, okay. I kind of missed a little yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Up and I've been doing okay. Been doing okay, um in spite of the air quality today. Oh my I've, gosh. Been taking my bike to work.
0: It is it's a lot. I'll talk more about that in yeah. the next section. But it's it's if you're living in Santiago, um uh, the fact that we're breathing right now is pretty good. Yes. Yeah, we're cooped up here, yeah. all the windows are closed, there's not a fan in sight. Um, And we're not coughing up a lung.
1: Actually, I just just notified from I was supposed to have training tomorrow and that got canceled because of that.
0: Yeah, literally people are, sorry, literally people are like canceling normal activities. Like my friend is in a play, like a play indoors and they canceled it. Really, it's like they do not want people going outside because the smog. Well, we'll just okay. We'll we'll fill you in with what's happening. Is now I'm sure you're on the edge of your seat. So we are like Santiago is like stuck in between three wildfires right now. We're in a red alert. So. Um, They've. They're even like talking about sus- just just before the fires happened. We're having this huge heat wave, oh God, so and they hot. were like trying. It's so hot here. It's just unbearable. Like nobody wants to go outside because it's just walking a block. It's just your skin hurts and you're mm. just covered in sweat. It's it's a lot.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. I had actually had a, like a. Um work function after work yesterday at around six o'clock and i had to be because it was a formal thing <laughs> i was in my like suit jacket
2: oh my god and i was
1: sweating bullets i mean it cooled down a bit later but we had like what we had like 36 degrees celsius yesterday that was like the hottest it has ever been or something
0: yeah we're getting a heat index predictions of 40 degrees celsius which is one fahrenheit
1: Not, yes. Found-
0: oh. oh shit celsius to fahrenheit pinguino you do that
1: Please. Wasn't that 40, forty-four? No, that was minus forty, right? Minus forty is minus forty. There was like one of these numbers where like stop, Celsius. Stop being so European right now. Yeah, where
2: they both,
1: yeah, were they yeah, both intersect. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not being European. That's just being a smart ass
0: Okay. Um, anyway, so it's really freaking hot. Believe me. Um, <laughs> Why did bigly. you just sound like Trump? Thank I you. I don't know. <laughs> And so they, but now because of this intense heat, obviously we're having, and we're in a drought, wildfires tend to happen and they're happening. And we're in between like three different wildfires that are happening. And so now not only is it so hot that you want to die, but now we can't even open our windows Mm -hmm. to have a little bit of breeze because it's literally so smoggy. It's painful. I woke up. My throat was raw mal my fiance has asthma he woke up like wheezing and like i was like you need to get your inhaler get your inhaler like Mm. it was bad it was really bad
1: with this heat man i wouldn't be surprised if i smell like a cured ham or something this is this is terrible
0: it's it's i mean i feel like cured ham smells better than you do to be fair
1: that's (laughs) fail 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 fail
0: Mm -hmm. so um there so far we have some 1500 hectares just in um, one farm that are being affected, and there is a red alert in Curacaví, and it says most people are not affected so far because this is in really rural areas. Only about as of yesterday, four people have been evacuated, and one warehouse is destroyed. Um, and there have been shelters established for more evacuees since this is probably going to continue to happen throughout the summer.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. We're not even officially in summer yet.
0: Yeah, I know. And this is, it's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot, crazy. y'all.
1: That is crazy.
0: It's a lot. So um, anyway, but yeah. I will say that the animals are also being taken care of. They've been uh, evacuating animals um, to make sure that they are um, safe. And so far as of yesterday, 49 forest fires have been registered at the national level, of which one is Currently underway, one is, which that's actually not true. Three are underway, um, five in combat, forty-two controlled. I'm not, con- I'm not entirely sure what the difference between underway and controlled is. Like they're just watching it. Like we got this. Like I don't
2: know yeah, I don't what know. that On,
1: means. Underway sounds like we know about it.
2: <laughs> no, underway means like it's not controlled. Okay. burning oh, freely. Controlled means that they're just
0: watching. Like, they're controlled. just gonna be like, we take care of
1: this later. Yeah, controlled yeah, yeah. means they
0: have like a corral of yeah, water yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah. Well, oh <laughs> <laughs> You can't get out <laughs> of yeah, here. That's
1: basically just the, thing. the difference.
0: Okay. Well the cloud of smoke that is around Santiago, you would think we would be used to smog and smoke at this point, but we're not. Like it's been it's been bad. I hocked up like a big brown clump today. Yeah. But it it's was fragrant. not good. It's fragrant. I will say the kind of the smell of incendios of wildfires does kind of bring me back to barbecuing yeah. with my dad in the I just backyard. said to
1: Diego, it reminds me of being making it like being on vacation down south in Pucon or something like that because yeah. everybody uses wood stubs down there.
0: Yeah, no, it kind of does smell good. I always, when I first moved here, everybody was like, oh no. And I was like, it smells great out here. And they were like, yeah. but it means there's a wildfire. And I was like, nah, somebody's just barbecuing. And, that, and now I'd realize that that's not what's happening. So um, yeah, that's that's where we are. I got are you, a little. Are you going to
1: talk about the like red because you mentioned the red alert? You're going to uh-huh. talk about the alert levels?
0: Oh, I don't know what the no, I wasn't. Oh talk no, about because the alert it's, levels.
1: that's a, okay. Let me just jump. I didn't really have a lot of details on that, but I know it's a new thing that they actually. I think they literally came up with that last week. The heat alert levels they got like green, yellow, and red alert. Which is the weirdest thing because, like, the difference between one level of alert and the other one is just one degree Celsius. they just, like, if it's, like, I don't know, it was, like, I think 33, you got, like, okay, you're on green alert. And then 34, you're on yellow alert. And then 35, you're on red alert. And, like, every level applies, like, different measure, which is, like, that's not like a lot of leeway some, there.
0: <laughs> I feel like at some point it is just going to be one grade of difference, right? Like, 5 to 17, like, 18 to 23 or whatever. I just hit my hand on my water bottle. That's all right.
1: Um, but you can have like all three levels of alert in one day. I don't know how that works, but it's it's a new thing that they came up with apropos uh, this whole conting- contingency with the heat waves. So it doesn't make sense.
0: I believe you, though. Indigenous. I believe you. You're Thank a smart you. person. <laughs> but because uh, normally I would be like, "What you're, you're saying, lying? You're li-. <laughs> if if pinguina was saying it, I'd have been like, Pinguina, are you having a stroke?'" <laughs> oh yeah, I mean
1: that. penguins and Tories liars.
0: I know if penguins start fires. I hear.
1: Hmm but liars start fires you
0: know like so so i have a friend (laughs) who lives this is the third time i've tried to tell this story who lives on a farm and he was on his like little in his little tractor thing you'd think i'd know what this was since i grew up on a farm um like going around his farm and he saw people just like throwing matches starting fires on his land and he was like and then they ran away when they saw him and he was like what the fuck like why why would people do that and then one of my, and, like, all three of my friends I talked to, they're like, oh, you know, the pyromaniacs. I'm like, is that a common thing in Chile? And they're like, yeah, of course. They're like, a, it's a thing that a lot of people have. I was like, is it?
1: I mean, I knew I that, know that these exists. people exist, but I didn't know it didn't was, like, I didn't know it was, a like, a an, like,
0: something, like, one in six people are a pyromaniac or something. I don't know. Just, like, burning down someone's farm, I guess. Yeah,
1: some people just want to watch like, the world burn, Master Bruce.
0: Okay, Batman.
1: No, I'm out. Alfred.
0: Oh, sorry Alfred.
1: Don't get your Batman facts straight. Bethany. Okay. Okay.
0: So, we jumped into news a little little early there, but before that, we have some events coming up in uh, in Santiago that if you're here, you might be wanting to go to, especially if you're here in the in the summer when things are kind of slower and there's in less the things happening. So, <clears throat> The first event on the docket, the first one that is coming up, would be. Let me make my calendar. Oh, Jesus, I always do this wrong. Uh, on January fifth, that's our throwback movie night. I'm pretty sure we're going to be watching like the Charlie's Angels 2001 or whatever movie.
1: With uh, Cameron Diaz and yeah, with Cameron all Diaz them's. and all of
0: them. So what we do with the throwback movie night is nice. like movies that we all watched back in those days, and now we cringe collectively. While playing bingo, cringe bingo. And it's fun. Uh, and you could win uh, prizes. Last month we watched George of the Jungle. It was adorable. Yeah, the prize Brendan Fraser is, is a cringe. treasure. Yeah, the prize is usually a drink. We had a if you don't if you're not a drinker, that's fine. We had a girl one time order tea. tea. Which, you know, that's that's fine too. You can order tea. And if you're a patron on the Patreon, which you should join us, support us, um, you get a free drink just by coming in. You can get tea also or beer. I'd probably get a beer if it were me, but you can do whatever you want. No pressure, no pressure. Um, but if you join us on our Patreon, you're going to get benefits from all of these events, plus tip sheets. And those tip sheets have anything from what applications you need to download when you come to Chile, the best places for brunch. You yeah. have the be- You just did the best day trips out of yeah, Santiago. That's what I did. Um, just
1: thinking about what did last time yeah
0: and you have access to all of these tip sheets not from all the way back that when we do one we do them once a month and every month you get discounts on different things from different tiers you get benefits stickers all sorts of stuff chat with us it's a it's a real good time so the next event is you have that one
1: yep that one would be on january 14th which is a saturday
0: saturday it's gonna
1: be a pub quiz slash bilingual trivia night mm-hmm. at the black rock pub as per usual. Mm. uh f- for those of you tuning in for the first time what we do there is we uh well we don't do anything we just host the thing but you have to form team of two uh team of four what, what is wrong with me today oh so much oh boy yeah form a team of four up to four right? up you to can, four right you can, right. You can be and yeah join another team or just you really, really smart s- that's gonna be yeah it's gonna hey, be hey man
0: if you think you're smart than everybody else and you want to win with a team of one i would be super actually pressed. we had a
1: team of two last time they won a round Look yep. at
0: them! No, look no at them. I've seen it happen. Good for them! Good for them! I've never so, seen a team of one win around.
1: Yeah, no. So it's a team of up to four people. It's ten thousand per team. Per
0: team, or if you're a patron, you get a big old discount.
1: And we play, was it like four, or five rounds?
0: Five rounds. Prize Which covers for each stuff round. like you
1: know news and pop culture and random topics, and then we got mini rounds in between. It's really a fun time. You it's a fun come.
0: time. It's a super popular event. It's a really good way to meet new people because, like I said. It's very, very common to, like, people to show up by themselves and just to get looped into a team that needs another player. Loopy and loop. there you go. You got friends. And for real, Simple we have so many people that come to those events, get, get on a team, and then they come back every month together. They're, like, friends then. And so it's, like, a really fun oh. way to meet people. And also practice your second language. So Indeed. And that's uh, all of these events that we're announcing right now are at the BlackRock Pub. And the last event was on January 17th, and it's our English book exchange where you bring a book in English, we play a game, and you walk away with a new book to read for the month. We do this because it's really hard to find books in English in Chile, and if you do find them, it's very limited in what you can find, and they're expensive. So, this is a good way to, again, meet people, get another book, and play a game. It's really fun in a bar, which is always great to be in if you're like me and you like beer.
1: Bars are the best.
0: Bars are great and the Black Rock's really good. So that's what we have coming up. Again, join us on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Chile Today Podcast. Um, say hi on our Instagram where we update news. Email us, chiletodaypodcast at gmail.com. All that good stuff.
1: And let's go ahead again with the news now. Let's, let's resume news. Resume news.
0: Okay, so today I'm going to handle all the news and our Lenny friend over here he's going to do hello i'm the lenny theme, person the lenny friend person our theme for the week um, so big big news as we bigly. finally bigly the biggest news, news. Um, is that we're finally having an agreement on the constitutional, <laughs> <laughs> on the constitutional convention we're going to do another one guys Woohoo. take 2
1: let's so, go voting again because do, <laughs> it has been a while it has
0: <laughs> It is just part of our culture at this point. Like, just yeah. we love it's like to going vote. shopping
1: on the weekend. Yeah,
0: we love to vote. There's well, we're nothing do
1: more. We're going to the mall, or we're going to go voting.
0: Chile, it's like instead of saying pole. nothing more Chilean than beans or whatever they say now, it's going to be like more Chilean than voting or something. Yeah, machileno del machilenos de los porotos, que los porotos. Yeah, more Chilean than voting. So after much fighting, which has been very frustrating to watch. Literally fighting, like just hand-to-hand combat okay. to the death.
1: Yeah, he has issues. He got issues.
0: Okay, so the agreement is um, is on, and it is different than what happened last time. So pay attention. These are the the like the prime the the first steps of what's going to happen, and we will have more details for you as, as they come as the situation as the, situation, de- as the situation develops. Stay tuned. So, it the decision was reached on Monday, the twelfth of December, and the body of the constitutional convention will be composed, mm, sexy body, of members elected by popular vote as well as experts appointed by Congress. So, the previous one was all citizens voted by citizens, but this one is now going to have a portion of people appointed by Congress that are that are called they're calling them experts. We do not know what that means. What is an expert? What are your qualifications to be an expert? Is it just because you're, like, the brother of Piñera and nepotism? Or is there actually going to be, like, some sort of a qualification that you must have? Is it all just going to be engineers? Are they all going to be lawyers? We don't know. We'll update you. be, like,
1: business majors.
0: That's probably what a lot of them going to be, to be honest. So uh, there will be 50 members of this constitutional body who will be elected elected. Um, by the citizenship, which is the normal people, that's us, um, the same way you would elect like senators, right? Yeah.
1: Same circumscriptions, how do you call mm-hmm. it? Them, them things.
0: Yep, them things. And then 24 experts who will be appointed by Congress. So, again, this is sort of Deve- like developing literally probably as we're speaking except actually a Friday no, I think that yeah no, so but I maybe think they don't. are
1: pretty much they, they nailed this down no they they, no. they
0: have they have a little they have some they have yes yes and no so
1: Ooh, as I said a bite Tell I know me.
0: right as we said we don't know what it means to be an expert for example so they're going to have to qualify right. details like that we've also found out that these experts are able to veto anything that the citizens propose that they don't agree with with a 3 fifths vote
1: yeah but then also the they can counteract that i think with a with another vote if if i'm not if i haven't read that incorrectly that
0: was not what i read yeah. but as of this moment i 100% know that the again things have changed so much again unclear i this was this is the most updated information that yeah. came out and it came out today. So it did not mention a recounter action. I'm sure there is something like you go back and rewrite and then you, yeah, they can't is- just be like no human rights you
1: know, three-fifths right. vote. But then again, you know, it's, it's not that it's not that only one of these experts has to has to raise their hand and be like, "I'm going to veto this." I mean, they it's also a have to. 3 majority. They also exactly they have to come to terms. Uh, three-fifths majority, as you said, and also I don't know if you're going to mention that, like the experts are going to be elected by. Uh, Proportionally by each faction in Congress, right? So, so there's going
0: to hopefully be a balance yeah, of right be to left, left, wing,
1: right wing. So it's we, not like they're going to agree on anything. So no, they're never going <laughs>
2: It's twelve for Congress,
1: twelve for Senate. Yes, that too.
0: Twelve for Congress, twelve for Senate. It's going to be an interest. Again, this is all developing because they keep releasing information, mm-hmm. being like, "No, just kidding." Um, so, for example, one of the things that was debated was they came out and they were like, we're not going to pay the experts. And then, which is incredibly controversial because who has six months because the draft is supposed to be written within six months. Who has six months to not work? Like, I mean, not get paid because you're going to be working on the most important document maybe in the history of the country and not get paid for it. And so the president, President Boric was like, no, these these guys need to get paid. Mm. Not only because imagine... The type of the type of person that would be able to take six months off of work would probably exactly. be the upper class, which would probably which you know might right. might have a certain yeah. political leaning or not. We don't know, but exactly. it's it it vastly like limits the type of expert that you can use. You might yeah. have an expert that's a professor on constitutional law, mm. but that can't take six months off work that would be like the perfect person versus a business bro. Who that's might nev- even
1: be, like, part of the Communist Party, but whatever, you know? I mean, he has political right. leanings, but there's still... Like, you want variety in there. Absolutely. And, and, the and you don't is, want... And it- it's not only about, like, whether they can afford or not. Also, it opens them wide up to uh, corruption. corruption.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why they... Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't make sense based on the logic that most... that The, the logic that Chile Chilean political... Um, history exists for i don't know if that makes sense but like for example judges they have to pay them a certain amount and do a certain amount of things for judges to avoid corruption i'm not saying it's the most effective thing but i'm saying like that's what chile has always done historically with to avoid corruption it's sort of like make sure they're taking care of that way they can't take bribes Mm -hmm. right because again like it also makes me feel like it would be really easy for one of these, you know, we already know the right wing contributes way more financially to their campaigns than the left does. Special yeah, special interest yeah. groups. So what? Same what? Everywhere. what's stopping, I don't know, cast from giving three million pesos a month to one of his friends who happens to be working on the, the thing while poor leftist over here or I don't know, other right wing person is making zero money and suffering and can't pay for his stuff, but he's doing it because he believes in it, you know? It's, it's, anyway, I believe that they should get paid for their work. I just believe people should get paid for their work, like, well, in general. So radical. I know, I'm just so radical. But, um, I don't know why they even came up with that, like, idea to not pay them.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe it was just, I think it was a bit in the wake of this controversy, which also was spurred by a lot of fake news during the last constitutional convention. People just be like, "Oh my god, they're wasting our money. They're going on, you know, like joy rides and pleasure trips, and spending taxpayers' money." News, me, me, me. Uh, <laughs> Listen Plural. to our fake news episodes. Listen to our fake news
0: because it was a big deal. We're probably gonna have to. We were just talking about that before this episode. We're gonna gonna have to get back into combating the fake news in our episodes because it's it's big. Also, like. The Congress tried to pass a law against fake news and of course the right wing was like, No.
2: <laughs> like, it's not a thing.
0: No, we we can't we can't uh we can't combat fake freedom news freedom freedom of speech. And it's like, okay. Anyway, um I know that's a very triggering thing for people who have had a Twitter, um these days. <laughs> so whatever. I'm so done with that. Um but so that's developing. I'm sure the experts are going to get paid because, like again, the president yeah. and his administration is is behind the being paid. Oh, and the thing—it was funny. I was talking to my mother-in-law, the big pig. <laughs> <laughs> and the big okay. thing is I was talking to my mother-in-law this week, and she was like, "We're wasting so much money on a new constitution." And I was like, "You know what? If you just voted a brevo the first time, we wouldn't be doing this again." And she Ooh. was like. Meh.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I think all in all, like, from what I can tell right now, this compromise doesn't seem to be all too bad. I mean, it's okay. It's, I think it pretty much tackles all the gripes that everybody had with this thing in the first time around. So we had like 50 versus 150 uh, constitutionalists. Or I'm just going to call them like that right now. I On think the first it time. will help, pe- and help they, people's you got, confidence. You got these experts, which was also like a big bone of contention there because people were just like, these guys don't know what they're doing, which to a certain degree, right. So, um, And also, it's gonna be down from a year to six months in which they have to hammer out this thing. So, I think it's a nice compromise. I've read opinions on both sides. People were just like, "This is great," and then were people and the other people, my more left-leaning friends, were just like, "This is ridiculous." They have people in there that are not voted for by the citizenry telling the constitutionalists what to do. So, it's of course you will never have an agreement where everybody agrees one hundred percent. So.
0: Think that this is a good again. I think you can't make moves. I think you can't make moves in politics at all, or in a business, or in anything unless you meet something or someone halfway. And I really think that one reason I feel like Boric does a good job is he's said over and over, like I would rather sacrifice a small belief of mine and get something done than like. Toe the, line, the party line so hard that we have not accomplished anything. Because that, those are the mistakes that so many, especially Latin American countries, make. Like, great, you've been in power for four years and you did nothing. Why do we vote it for you? Right. And so they overcompensate with, like, the next person and go from the extreme right or to the back <clears throat> to the extreme left. And, like, it volleys back and forth. So I am, a, I am much more okay, I think, than most of my friends with this compromise because I do think that it does build a lot of confidence, and I in the majority of the citizenship, and I feel like we're we're still having people like citizens, regular citizens, vote. Now we just need to be a little bit more thoughtful about who we put in there. Because I'm sorry, like why did we, why did Tia Pikachu get voted in there? Like, what is she bringing to the table? Pikachu. Okay. Oh, sorry, my bad. I'm so sorry. Sorry, need? Tia Pikachu. Um, no, it's just. Yeah, be more thoughtful of who you're voting in now, right? Yeah. Because I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the voting and how many people you had to vote for was incredibly overwhelming as well. Like, how are you even supposed to know oh, God, you, everybody yeah. that you were voting in? That spreadsheet was literally like the size of like wallpaper. You could wallpaper your whole apartment which just like three of those. And
1: I have a thing for spreadsheets, and I didn't even like it. Yeah. It was, it was too big for me. I know what I just said. <laughs> and I'm going to stand by <laughs> Honey.
0: it. Honey. Just get some lube. It'll be fine. Go take it slow.
1: I don't know how this relates to voting, but hey, I'm just going to let that slip.
0: Because <laughs> they fuck us over. Ha. Huh? Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, no, I mean, so I, I can understand both sides of it is what I'm saying, which I am not the person to say that most of the time, but I would rather have, <laughs> right? I'm usually, oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> stubborn. But I can understand why, and I would rather make this compromise and have a new constitution than go through this entire process again yeah. and so not just have one. It
1: so long to hammer this thing out. We're like, I guess most of the people here were just like, finally, yes, please, let's move on to the next step yeah. here. Yeah,
0: how long has it been since they've been fighting this?
2: Oh, God,
1: dude.
0: November, oh, I guess it's not been that long. Four months. months oh, yeah, four months.
2: months. months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a, oh, November 4th? November 4th. Oh, mm-hmm. what, I don't even know what day it months.
1: is. So three month and some change. Yeah, almost three months, but still. Epico,
0: like... as the Argentinians say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that happening. We'll keep you updated with that. Um, I'm sure we'll have many more episodes specifically focused on that. So we have um, the we have some jail news. So we have uh, <laughs> jail news. We, sh- we a need d- a jingle for that.
1: <laughs> jail news. <laughs>
0: that chains jingling. <laughs> <laughs> Ball and chain. Ball and chain. Um, so, there is a Mapuche extremist leader, Hector Yautul, who's... Yautul. Yaitul. Yalt... What is it? Like, yaitul. Yaitul. Yeah. Um, who the public prosecutor is seeking a 25-year sentence for. Um, he ha- they have officially closed their investigation into Yaitul. Yeah. Um, he is a spokesperson for an extremist Mapuche organization called GAM. And Say CAM. CAM. I'm not saying come. I'm saying CAM. I'm
1: saying CAM.
0: I'm saying CAM. We're serious newscasters. Yes. He's being accused of five crimes, among which is the incitement of violence, theft, and violence against authorities. Um, and he says, or cam, 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 says he fights for the recognition of the ancestral Mapuche lands that were stolen by the state. Its members do not believe this goal can be achieved through negotiations, only through violence.
2: We
1: talked about him a lot. We before, talked
0: about actually. him a lot because he very much stinks up the the fight, the nonviolent, pacifist, peaceful fight that the Mapuche people are trying to achieve. Um, because he, because a lot of times when people think like Mapuche, instead of like saying like, oh no, the vast majority of them are trying mm. to like do things legally and through negotiations, they're like, no, but they're violent. Blah yeah. blah, you like crazy he lost people. Lost a
1: lot of sympathy from the left. Oh yeah, the last month he
0: he. Is done. Like, uh-huh. because the thing is, GAM used to not be this extreme. And so the yeah. left was very much like, we understand your need to, to, you know, make a little noise. I mean, the left has always been very pro protest and everything, but it, it got quickly out of hand in a very, um, violent non-reasonable way yeah because it's something and, like that we're just we're just
1: going to continue it's like reverse, but what if to what end what do you want you yeah, know because
0: because <laughs> the president because boric was like well, well why don't we get together and talk about what you want so that we can figure it out and he was like fuck you and everybody's like well how am i supposed to give you what you want if you won't talk to me yeah. and he's like fuck you let me burn some shit and so i'm like you know when um when the president of the the country wants to talk to you about what you want maybe you should at least talk to him. and But then if Boric was like, no, fuck you, then I, okay, I get it. I want a it.
1: PlayStation 5.
0: Me too, but that's not what we're talking about.
1: Okay, so, you know, maybe i just want to take my shot.
0: Okay. Um, so, the prosecutor has claimed to interview over 70 witnesses that have gathered and has ga- gathered other evidence which will be presented in court. So, they have all of the evidence done. They haven't done the trial yet. And the trial date has not yet been set. So we'll keep you updated if you're interested in that. Um, So different laws. uh, There's been a lot of laws that he's broken, but uh, some of them were introduced during the dictatorship. Um, But they've also been reformed, so it's making it a little bit kind of wibbly-wobbly about how to charge him. Um, So Yael lawyer, Rodrigo Roman, told CNN Chile that the prosecution's emphasis on the law... Suggests authorities know they only have a weak case, which makes no sense if you were what do you mean if you're emphasizing the law it has a weak case? I just don't I don't I don't understand what that
1: means. He broke the law. You have a weak yeah. case. What? That's, yeah, I don't know. I don't have the context for that.
0: Yeah. I mean maybe this article took it out of context. This is CNN. Um but Roman also this is CNN. said that, this is CNN, that the evidence was uh, lacking. He said that in the oral trial there was not a single witness, not a single piece of evidence. I'm assuming when they say oral trial, that's like the um, the trial before the trial, like the little thing that they do to see if there's enough evidence to go to like full on trial. You know what I'm saying? What's that called? Pre-trial? Pre-trial hearing. There you go. Oh. And he said absolutely nothing links Yaltul to the crimes, except for I'm pretty sure at many points he was like I did it. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure he takes credit for a lot of things that happen. Like I'm I'm like almost po- he yeah. Well, very much being put in the out. spot? <laughs> yeah. So Yaltúl is awaiting trial in Concepción. He's in prison there. And he joined a hunger strike with other Mapuche prisoners, um, among them his son Ernesto. In response to the accusations presented by the prosecution's office, the government spokeswoman Camila Vallejo told a press conference that, quote, there is a separation of powers of the state and we obviously respect the process of the institution that is responsible for justice. Basically saying, like, no, we're not intervening here, like, for this guy. Like, we're just going to let due process take its course. Um, which is exactly how law should work so for opposition members who represent southern constituents and the case is clear though quote it seems to me that 25 years are little for the damage he has caused to many families people have lost their jobs their homes and their lives um that was andres jaunet who is a member of the amarillos <laughs> party who's not an actual party said in a statement. I'm going to continue to say that every single time that they say Amarillo's party. Well,
1: they haven't been... They're not certified they're not yet, yet, yet as a party. Ah, okay. They have
0: enough supporters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet they have so much because power. Because supporters are too Amarillo. <laughs> womp, womp. Ah! And yet they have so much power. Like, the uh, reason why we're not... We're having the 24 experts and the 50s vote is because Amarillo... Like, everybody agreed that we were going to re-vote on... Do you know this? Everybody agreed that we were going to re- we were going to re-vote the whole um, constitution convention was going to be re-voted again with um, all citizens. And then the Amarillo party, who is not even a real party came in and was like, "No." And then the right wing was like, "You know what? I like the- their style." No. And it's like, "Why is are we it, allowing the Amarios?" that you mention it? Exactly. So they were like, so the right then got the backing and then of course I don't understand why the left is allowing this non-party to have even a little bit of a voice in any sort of negotiation right now. If it's, it's not average. It's I just again I'm fine with what ended up happening in the end but I'm not okay with this like really shitty like non non party that doesn't have enough followers dictating how to run the country.
1: Right. But we were talking about Hector Tun.
0: Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, so box down. You know what? <sighs> Fine. You got anyway. unboxed. Okay, so did you have something to add?
1: So, just a little side note on what you just talked about about Hector Yaitul, because I just uh, read a piece of news the other day that there was actually a documentary that just came out about Hector Yaitul and his CAM, the Coordinadora Arauca Mayeko, which apparently has been um, very, has received a lot of positive criticism. Like, has been hailed as one Podicative of the. Positive criticism? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, like, what do you say? Like,
0: um. Yeah, oh, positive yeah. feedback. Positive I think feedback,
1: good. thanks. Couldn't think of the word. It was like the best. It was in. Um, uh, has been premiado. What, what is wrong with my English today? Has been, know. um, awarded, like, the, the, the award of best, um, best. Documentary. Feature, feature documentary in the in the movie festival, Hurlingham, which apparently is in Argentina, which really is weird. Um, it has been mentioned at the International Festival of Cinematography in of, of, of Cinema in La Serena, and also has been it has been mentioned in a bunch of. Um, Do you know where we can watch it? In On Media. I don't know if it's for free. And I haven't checked out the website, but it says here that it's um, available on, on the media. And it's pretty much... It just accompanies Hector Yaitoul and the whole thing about the CAM. C-A-M. <laughs> and apparently it's really good. So if you're interested in what's going down there, like how this guy works, if you want to learn more about the Mapuche resistance down south and you know how things got kind of... Kind of out of hand. Out of hand. So
0: I mean, not necessarily... Check it like out. I don't want to put the resistance in like one bubble because, again, the majority of the resistance is very... Is trying to do the right thing. Is trying to like have discussions, mm. but this particular organization got really out of hand and it puts a bad bad taste in the mouth Bet of a lot of people who use this as leverage for their xenophobia. If you want more information and you don't know where to get that documentary, we did cover the conflict in um, our previous episodes, so you can look up the Mapuche conflict in those episodes. And um, uh, yeah, and again, we're not like we are not experts on this stuff. We just did research and we want to try to be as objective as possible, mm-hmm. but we're just human, so... um.
1: Speak for yourself there. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. You're German. You're I'm not I'm a human. robot. Okay, so the next thing. We have a volcano. We, well, have, we have a lot of volcanoes in Chile, if you didn't know.
1: Speak of volcano lore.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of them. Um, oh. You think that's a mountain? Probably a volcano. Um, so, think again. <laughs> think again. Um, so we actually have an alert issued um, for the Lascar volcano, which um, is... One of the volcanoes, obviously, in the Andes because it's one of ours. And uh, last Saturday, so about a week ago, it started rumble rumbling and it's probably going to erupt, which is not good because a lot of the because they can predict like where the lava would go. Mm -hmm. A lot of the places that it would go is going to be in like the the path of of homes mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's not it's not a great mm-hmm. thing so
1: it's not like we have enough air pollution as is already
0: right <laughs> it's like with the, anyway so there's no damage so far there's only been minor tremors but there was initially a green warning it has been raised to a yellow warning and nice. <laughs> fucking Amarillos. we like colors here right like phase red phase green phase uh. so the volcano yellow means that the volcano is currently unstable um,
1: yellow means that the volcano is going to change his mind at any oh time. Man.
0: <laughs> That's what amarillo means in, besides the word actually yellow, uh, means in, in political spectrums, that you're, you can change your mind basically at any drop of the hat. And you have no meaning. Volcano be
1: like, no, I'm not doing it.
0: So the classification yellow also means, in, as vul- volcanoes, not politically, um, that experts are currently monitoring the site for minor explosions in the appearance of smoke which I guess would be a good indicator that I might go boom. Oh, <laughs> I said boom and accidentally hit my mic. I'm sorry. So residents of Talabre Antovagasta, small town less than seven miles from the volcano, first noticed some activity uh, last Saturday around midday. I guess that was the the minor tremors, which I guess would be hard to like decipher. Are these tremors coming from the volcano, or am I just in yeah. Chile?
2: <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, I guess that kind of makes it be like, ah, oh, you know, another tremor, whatever. Or does it
0: grumble like... Mm-hmm.
1: It's like the frequency is not quite right.
0: Right. Um, so, oh, I never mean, it, mind. It, I just answered my question. Despite the giant cloud of smoke, I guess. That, <laughs> I guess when it rumbles and there's a giant cloud of smoke uh, yeah, that it emits, I mean, um,
1: correlation is not.
0: Um, right, and apparently it is what, also spewing a little that? bit of ash. Mm-hmm. So I guess that when it What's rumbles it? and you see ash, in, in, then in, I guess yeah. it's the volcano, not you see the ash, then not Pikachu just is Chile. Not far. Not just Chile, wiggling, wiggling. Thanks um, for getting that pingüino. So be on alert if you're planning to travel because uh, obviously it's 70 kilometers from San Pedro de Atacama, and the ash can travel, right? And it's a very popular tourist destination. So if you're having plans of traveling there, you might want to keep your ear to the ground. COVID. We haven't heard Ooh. about COVID in a while, which yeah. is pretty a good thing. And this is good news. Um, I know that some cities in the US are a suffering a little bit right now. As they approach win- winter, Winster. Um, so cases in Chile. Worcestershire <laughs> w- w- sauce. So the cases have decreased by 28 percent, according to the Minsl, the new health, um, Ministry of Health report. So um, that was literally released today when we're recording. That's Friday the 16th. Um, there's been a 5% variation in the last week and a 28% decrease in confirmed positive cases within the last 14 days in Chile. Of the confirmed cases, 54% of them were diagnosed with antigen tests, 40 by active case findings, and 20 of cases that are asymptomatic. So from the report, it can be deduced that a total of 23,830 tests were carried out in the last 24 hours. That's a lot of tests. That's a lot. Um, New cases without symptoms were registered at 516, um, which means we're having a little bit more symptomatic cases, which doesn't surprise me since it's been longer than usual since we've had our last vaccine.
1: Yeah, and the one the vaccine is coming up is only for like high-risk groups, right? Mm,
0: It is, but we... it's. It's going to go pretty fast. Like the way that when they start the in, uh, initiatives here, they, you, we usually get it pretty fast. No, no, no.
1: What I mean is just like, I, I've read that we're not going to get it at all. It's just. Oh, I, oh, I've read the opposite. Yeah? Yeah. Well, don't believe us, folks.
0: And we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> in this particular case. I've definitely heard that we're going to be able huh? to get it. Though I am in a high risk group, we're, so it doesn't we're, matter.
1: Yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of that. It doesn't matter for you, maybe. <laughs>
0: Whatever. I actually yeah, Pinguino and I are both in high-risk groups, so...
1: That's what you get here, folks. Hard-hitting journalism. Yep.
0: So, um... Uh, doop-doop-dot. So the total deaths in... <laughs> the total deaths in g 11 62,822 since the beginning of the pandemic. And that's what I got for news. Nice. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. I did. Ending with a little death. No dinosaur news this week. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, Lenny, tell us what we're talking about today, or what you're going to talk about today.
1: We are going to talk about a very interesting topic, which is decentralization.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, if
1: you ask yourself why we talk about decentralization, it's because that that has been an issue for a while now in Chile. And we're talking about, of course, the decentralization of a country in terms of politics, in terms of administration, in terms of finances, and all these kind of things. Now let me start off with what is decentralization really? What <laughs> is, is this decentralization this? really? So this dictionary. I go on the dictionary. <laughs> the dic- I'm going to read from the dictionary now.
0: <laughs> Oxford English Dictionary defines <laughs> decentralization as-, as
1: follows: So decentralization is basically a process whereby the central government um, hands over power, um, mm-hmm. competence responsibilities, and funding to sub-national governments, which in Chile's case will be the regional governments. I mean, you know, in every country, they have different denominations of how these, like, sub-administrative um, right. divisions are called. So, in this case, it will be the regional government. governments. So, you, you would have to actually differentiate between three types of decentralization. Right. We got one is the Political decentralization, which is when like local re- uh, representatives are being um, elected by the local right, population like, by popular vote, but uh-huh. not only appointed top down. So, um, so then we're talking about administrative decentralization, which is when a new administrative organ is created and being transferred the jurisdiction, as you just told me, because mm-hmm. I was about to use the uh, uh, term competency, but apparently jurisdiction That's a literal is literal translation. Yeah. I mean, I think the word exists, but maybe it's I not think that it's used. Like, so, I don't know. anyway, I'm going to continue try to continue use the word jurisdiction. You correct me if you think it doesn't sit right. But point is that you create this new organ, you transfer jurisdiction to this new organ, this subnational organ from the central African. <laughs> I know where the mind was going with this one, Bethany. I know you way too well. But this is a serious Why are topic. Why
2: using
0: organ? Why that word? Yeah, because it's uh, you know Just
1: institution. It
0: yeah, but yeah. like this position...
2: Yeah, no, I mean that he... Literally he literally
0: translated, translated it. Translated it yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't have a lot of time to go it's through... It's fine, it's hand fine, hand it's hand fine. Hand it's hand fine.
1: Hand so that would be that thing. I've, I've done that also many times. Thank you. But I'm just saying that I, I get it. Gotcha, thanks. And finally, we're talking about the fiscal uh, decentralization, which is when the subnational authorities have their own say about the purse strings, basically. They don't depend right. on the, the big money, daddy money, up money. there in the in the capital city to give them pocket money to do things. Right. So those are the three... The big pillars, daddy.
0: The big daddy. Business
1: daddy okay, d- up there in the capital city. So those are the b- the three pillars of a decentralization. That Marie-Marcel. Huh? Is Marie-Marcel the big daddy? He's the big daddy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? So then we also have different degrees of decentralization. You can't just say like a country is decentralized or it's not decentralized because there are like many degrees in between. Right. Like you have, for example, on the one extreme, you got um, the unitary state such as, for example, China or France, where mm-hmm. basically there's like the government sitting in the capital city be like, you guys do this. Of course, they have like regional administrations because, you know, you the, pres- the president cannot be everywhere at once. But
0: it's all controlled by one yeah, central government. Yeah, but basically
1: they say what's going down and that's that. Comes and from the top. Don't get mousy all with me, son. Yeah, top down. And then you have, on the other extreme, you got federal states like the US, like Germany, where there is, yeah, Basically, the regions or the states, they have their own say in a lot of things, not in all of things. Right. But that causes a lot of friction sometimes with the central government. But there's Mm. a lot more autonomy there.
0: Friction with the organs.
1: Mm -hmm, That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, you do have to differentiate a little bit between um, decentralization and deconcentration, which apparently is also a thing that people by the. Like they, they yeah. get a little bit confused because this if is you, what
0: blew my mind when when Mao was talking to me my fiance earlier he was like you're talking about deconcentration and I was like what
1: what yeah. what is that I'm concentrated what are you talking about <laughs> I
0: totally
1: concentrated yeah so, so explain so I may, okay may, let me tell me if I get this wrong but okay. from what, the way that I understood it like a lot of people think it's decentralization if the central government goes like okay. Uh, Mr. Administrator down there in the countryside, uh, you're going to do this and this and that now because I don't want to do this anymore. And he goes like, okay, sure. But then in the end, the the buck still stops with the central government. The, right. the central government is just like, yeah, but I'm going to tell you if this is right, if what you're going to do, and if I agree with your decision or not. Like, mm-hmm. I get the last call here. So that wouldn't be decentralization. When we're talking about decentralization, that always implies like a modicum of a degree of freedom Right. in terms of, uh, what the local administration the choices that the local administration right. makes and in
0: this case the regions right we're talking yeah. because because Chile is divided into regions so the decisions that the regions can make on behalf of what the regions themselves need right
1: yeah and you know when we're talking about these de- decentralization, it can also well be that whatever decision these regional governments make could be at odds with what the the central government wants. You know, that, sure. that's part of it, you know, because yeah. that comes But there
0: from, are checks, which is the difference between, like, governors and intendentes, I would yeah, say that. Yeah, but those
1: don't exist anymore. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get they there. They do,
0: but they're just renamed. No.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. They just really just renamed, renamed them. presidential... B- Delegates. 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 Yeah, yeah so they intendentes also now have don't have the new same name. attributes anymore. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting
0: there. i I just read the government website, and it said it did. Yeah, no, not anymore,
1: not anymore. But I'm getting Okay, in yeah,
0: get get in that. I I'm know.
1: getting, I'm getting in get, that. Yeah, get I'm in there. In that. So wh- in where, there. like, we're talking about Chile. Where are we now? So, for context, why do we want? And I think there aren't a lot of people that wouldn't agree with this. Why do we want Chile to be more decentralized? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna gonna do what I do best. I'm gonna throw some numbers at oh, you no. because I know that you love that. Oh,
0: no, yeah,
1: stop cheering. I know, you know I know. Screw you! But those are interesting numbers. So
0: I know our listeners sometimes want numbers.
1: Chile is actually the most centralized of the OECD and Latin American countries. Oh. So there was uh, I found this number that was in 2014. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, finally we get the yeah. Damn! Oh, arch rival Guyana. (laughs) So in 2014, the spending of Subnational governments was only three percent of GDP, the OECD mm-hmm. average is sixteen point six percent, which is a lot which means that you know, like the central government spent a lot more than sub-governments. In relation to all of public expenses, it was only 13.1%, while the OECD average is 40.2. So that's that's a big difference right. there. Right now, looking at Chile, looking at Santiago, right now 80%, eight zero of all economic activity. Is concentrated in the metropolitan region, right. and hand in glove with that, all Chilean regions except for the metropolitan regions are the bottom twenty percent of all OECD regions in terms of housing, mm-hmm. engagement of civil society, and income. So it's just like right. like they don't even exist. You know yeah. why, why are you even there? And this,
0: of course, causes um, a lot of problems because. You know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of if you're coming from a region, exactly. you're coming from a poor family, you don't have the ability to move to Santiago to go in one of the best universities or pay for one of the best universities, yep. so you can't get a job that you would then have to get in Santiago because you know mm-hmm. you're not going to get a job circle. in Talca, no sé. Yep. And so you just have... It's like, living two, it's like living in two different countries. I'm sorry, no Santiago, no Chile, but... So it's kind of is. <laughs> kind of is. It in doesn't sense, represent yeah. all Chileans. Yeah. I don't want to say it represents all. It ch- definitely doesn't. Yeah.
1: But in economic but terms, it is. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, yeah. which is one reason why this needs to change.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, talking about like uh, economic stuff, we got another. I got another number for you, which mm, is sixty-six percent.
0: Sixty-nine.
1: No, not sixty-nine. Almost three oh. percent short, but sixty-six percent of the programs to foster entrepreneurship by the Corfo, which is like the, you know, the business in fostering organization. I do not have a translation on the top of my head apart, but they do... uh,
0: Coordinations of... Business Administration people. Yeah, they put money into little
1: startups, into little businesses to make them thrive and flourish and prosper and whatever. So 66% of all these programs are being awarded to businesses in the metropolitan regions. 7%... To, into the Valparaíso region and 4% to the Biobio Bio region. If you don't know it, Valparaíso region and Biobio Bio region are kind of like, quote unquote, also like urban-ish regions apart from Santiago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so uh, you can't really compare it to really the can. metropolitan region, but it's still... Yeah, which size, is Bío Bío. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, if you go to Vina. It kind of has some buildings that aren't yeah. like. There's like three buildings that aren't apartments in B.
1: Right. So you got like the 66 percent in Santiago, the four percent in Bub, or the seven percent means that 77 percent of all these programs are being awarded by the Corfo to these three regions. So basically, less than a fourth yeah. of the scraps are being distributed among whatever's left. Which there. again,
0: there's so many. Mon- yeah. There's so much need in those regions. It's like. Oh, what are we gonna do with this? Are we gonna invest in these businesses that are just sort of like propping up our dilapidated hospital? Mm. You know, our dilapidated school system, our lack of—I don't know—roads. Bum bum.
1: Bum bum. So, uh, what was I so? Oh yeah, talking about dilapidated hospitals and whatever. Um, also, according to this index called. Indice de Caridad de Vida Urbana, the Urban Life Quality Index, according to that index, 20 of the districts, like the top 20 of the districts with the highest quality in Chile, the highest quality of life, are located in the metropolitan region. That's that's another telling thing. Of the 72% of the 72 university campuses in Chile, 47% of them are in the metropolitan region. Mm -hmm. The Ministry of Housing is funneling 32% of the subsidies into the metropolitan region, and then the rest goes between Biobio, Maule, Araucanía. So it's, yeah.
0: I I just wanted to mention before we gloss over universities, you know, just, you know, to, to emphasize again, not only are these universities all located in Santiago, and it's in order to go from, I don't know, if you live in a small town to Santiago, you would have to have resources and a place to live. Yeah, that too. And... That is very rare for people to be able to do. And also, if you don't go, there's a huge school prejudice of where you go to university yes. in this country. There are people who will not even look at resumes unless you went to one of, like, the top five universities. They will throw them in the garbage can. And I know this for a fact because I have people who have told me that they do it. And I know people who <laughs> have had to, like, intervene on behalf of certain um, certain potential uh, employees to be like, can we look at their actual experience and not just where they went to school? Yeah. So imagine like, okay, cool. Uh, you live in that small town and, you know, maybe an hour away there's a university and then you spend your money to go to university and then there are no jobs where you live so then you eventually have to move to Santiago anyway where you're not going to get hired because you didn't go to a school that qualifies as a good school. Right. So it's just this, it's just this really bad self-fulfilling prophecy of of types of ways that we need to decentralize in a very literal and also political way
1: decentralize your mind man yeah that's what i'm saying but actually funny thing is i did not know if you knew that but i didn't know that um the Article Three of the current Constitution actually clearly states that Chile is supposed to mm-hmm. be governed in a decentralised fashion.
0: Yes, this it, is the thing that Mal tried to explain to me that yeah. I got really confused about. Yeah,
1: it says I'm going to quote in Spanish. It's, it's like, like, the like, reason why
2: the Congress is in the base
1: Yeah, that was a nefarious decentralisation by by Pinochet because he didn't really want to have this whole thing in in one place so they couldn't coordinate. That's yeah. one of the tidbits that I know. But so it says there in Article Three. In Spanish, la administración del Estado será funcional y territorialmente descentralizada o desconcentrada, en su caso de conformidad a la ley. In English, that means the administration of the nation states shall be functional in geographically decentralized or deconcentrated as regulated by law. Now, to be fair, that was an amend- amendment implemented amendment. in uh, 2005 under the Lagos administration. Still, though, it's in the, the current constitution, the Lakes administration. Lakes, lakes and <laughs> rivers. So, um, but you know, but as, as you, as you said before, like currently there is no incentive for people to move out of the urban regions and onto the countryside. They just don't have the same critical infrastructure that they need or, or jobs, jobs, jobs.
0: They did try, there have been, um, some small pushes to like encourage businesses to go outside of Santiago with some like tax breaks, but it's so easy to like get around the tax loopholes anyway, that it's not an actual incentive.
1: Mm. Yeah, and also the thing is, like, you don't have the infrastructure there.
0: So, they, you're, gonna, what, you're gonna get a tax break and end up spending all that money on building a, an office or something.
1: Right, and then, like, try to get employees there. Exactly. Like, who, who wants to work there who doesn't already and live then you're there? Prejudiced. And the people that live there, do they have the education, the exactly. training? Exactly. Then, you then you're
0: need. Pre- prejudiced because yeah. you're like, you didn't go to Universidad de Chile? No, you went to Universidad de. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> is there university yeah, in Talca? <gasps> oh my god, that is. I'm
1: so enough. sorry for all this <laughs> this. in Talca. The one well,
0: talka is like, unfortunately, the the butt of jokes, but not for an ill, it's for kind of a reason. I love you, talka Kind of. <laughs> it's not their you're, fault. You're just digging your own hole here. It's not their fault, okay? You can only do so much yeah. with what you have, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, okay, great. But you know, as one people say, like this whole thing with teleworking for example is gonna take off. That's kinda my hope that this is gonna push give give the whole decentralization movement a little push. It
0: has a bit Yes,
1: it is, but like the thing is also that like even if you even if be, the work is being centralized who still wants to who wants to go to this the countryside if they have to drive two hours to get to a hospital? I mean actually one it's of hard. the articles that I read that says, Okay, look, La Pintana may be bad, which is a district in Santiago, but at least you're like twenty minutes away from a hospital if something happens. If uh-huh. you're like in the O'Higgins region or something, you can drive up to two hours. Um, you don't want this in an As an
0: Arkansan, I mm. know exactly how that is because there is a huge like a huge amount of people huge. in in Arkansas who are so far away from hospitals police stations and um grocery stores Mm. they live a completely different life lifestyle than anybody who lives their own rabbits literally literally they like when people talk about like taking guns away from everybody i'm like i get you but there are people who literally would starve to death if they didn't hunt their own
1: food learn how to use a slingshot what's wrong with you
0: right bow and arrow (laughs) there you go i mean they do do that that is actually a season bow season So, um, anyway, that's for a different, that the, the, that's for a different, uh, thing, but to be raised in that environment is one thing to be like, that's the only thing, you know, you just that's all you know but to be like i went from living in santiago where i literally can order all my grocery stores from all my grocery stores well all my groceries to my front door <laughs> i, the went, whole store to I went to the clinic today to get a, doc, do a doctor's appointment i went to the best clinic in the whole country that it took a 10-minute bus ride right you know you go from that to um whichever hospital is closest that might be a public hospital that might be the hospital you guys had a doctor <laughs> yeah, is, is there a doctor that's not on vacation since it's February? Yeah. It just it's so um it's it's crazy because you you come to Santiago, you live in Santiago and you have all of these conveniences and we forget. We live a life that is completely vastly different um than the rest yeah. of the country. Yeah.
1: And uh that was almost changed actually. Because we had, you, you might remember, we were on the cusp of getting a new constitution. Remember that? <laughs> remember that not too long ago? And that would have radically changed, like, the administrative structure of Chile. Radical. Like, creating regional governments, like, mm-hmm. putting a lot of power into regional government. Yeah. We had regional governments, but putting more power into the hands, even creating autonomous regions. Mm-hmm. But as you know, the proposal was rejected. However, this ever. has not stopped the decentralization efforts, which actually have sped up, especially since Boric has taken office. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what has been done so far to further the cause, the cause of decentralization. Hoorah. Hoo-hoo-ha. So for that, also, you need to know that Chile has um, three administrative levels. We got the, what? Well, we got the, na- actually four, if you count the national level.
0: Actually, ten. No, Not really,
1: but you got the national level, which is like the topmost level, of course. Mm-hmm. Then you got the regional level, under that is the provincial level, and the communal level. Yet, most of the power is still being wielded by the central government. Sure. So you kind of like ask yourself, why do you have these administrative levels for anyway?
0: Because the Pinochet made them, we have to have separation, even though it doesn't, it's like just a kind of a me-to-me, me, you know, I don't costume. I
1: I was just a rhetorical question, but...
0: Okay. <laughs> what was the question? I'm sorry. Why do we have the levels if they don't be, if they're not being used? Oh just cuz
1: they look pretty. That's what they I just pretty. said. Yeah. See, they look pretty. I mean, they I mean there, there's there's look merit to like, administration like. but oh, the look, thing separation is just like it's really, not really. Right. It way
2: back in the was
1: so like, actually there's there were know. some regions that just didn't want to take that shit anymore even before we're not gonna like take like it. twisted sister which would be uh Marianas region, I Chiloé and they kind of like twisted a little bit uh, the so central sister? government's twi- Nice. Yeah, they twisted the regional regional uh, like the national government's arm to actually grant them a few concessions and give them a little bit more responsibility. But that was all, like, in the framework of whatever the Constitution allowed, so it wasn't really that much. And um, so then 1991 came along, and there was actually a constitutional reform that – and I'm sorry, I'm trying to give you the bird's eye overview that was no, really complicated. No, I really,
0: really interesting. I'm good. But,
1: I'm engaged. So, cool. So, so 1991, there was this constitutional reform that actually gave way to uh, – regional councils, councils, consejos regionales, yeah. CORE, you know, and then later the GORE, which I love. Well, we'll get there. Um, so now the regional councils, they, they were in charge of the social, cultural, and economic development of the region. But those regional councils, they were under the oversight of the so-called intendant. Intendente, Yes, the intendente. Yeah. And that was basically the intendant that was just basically an extension of the central government. Exactly. You know? so also like all the members of those regional councils they were not voted in when they first came around but they were designated mm. by the concejales which is you know actually a body that was voted in but then they weren't voted themselves directly you know does that make sense Yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't until 2014. That uh, when the members of the regional council were actually determined by popular vote, which is something that the second government of Michel Bachelet brought on its way. But the
0: intendentes still were designated by the president at that point.
1: Exactly. At that point, the intendente was still designated by the president. The intendente was still kind of like presiding the regional council. The only difference was that the regional council was now composed of people that were... Uh, elected by popular vote right. and not appointed
0: so what this does is we have the regions which might have their own particular political leaning right and then the um, then the intendentes who are yeah. kind of overseeing maybe sure, lack of the government yeah lackey of whatever political party the, the central government yeah. has sort of as an oversight kind yep. of situation
2: exactly
1: Ouch. Talking about Bachelet, another thing that she did um, during her second government was the, the creation of the so-called Regional Strengthening Law, as I translate it freely, which would eventually allow for the central government to transfer attributes, jurisdictions, uh, to the regional government, which is what we're seeing now. We're going to get right. to that. But actually, she brought it on the, on its way in 2014, and it hasn't really taken off until now, actually.
0: Because Pignano uh, did not give a shit.
1: And it was... Uh, the whole thing, st- yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not it wasn't about
0: it. it wasn't on his priority yeah. list. I, th- I
1: mean, I mean, it started, but I think it's just like we we see, we're seeing more of it now because it also has moved a little bit towards the center of attention of the public eye because but, it has become more of an issue now. That's what kind of what I feel.
0: I think so, but also that was one of Borch's huge campaign, like, things that he said he was like more autonomy for the regions which was a very political thing for him to say because he needed more votes from the regions but that it was one of his like cornerstones, which he really didn't get (laughs) but that was one of his cornerstones of his campaign was like we're going to bolster the independence of the of the regions because i'm from the region yeah
1: Yeah. he's putting his money where his mouth is so i mean we're getting there so moving on there so we we're now in the year the year of the law, two thousand seventeen. There was another constitutional reform that abolished the position of the intendant and introduced the new position of the regional government, or the Gobernador mm-hmm. Regional or the Gore or the Gore, which I mm-hmm. love this. So um that and but you know the the the, the law was passed in twenty seventeen, but it didn't come into effect until t- two thousand twenty one, when regional elections were held the first time after this law has passed. Mm-hmm. So now the intendant, and that's what we were talking about, the intendant was replaced with the so-called called presidential delegate, mm-hmm. but they could no longer meddle as much in regional politics before as the intendant could. Mm. So I think you can kind of compare the presidential delegate with um, the with with role of the lieutenant governor in Commonwealth country. So basically the, what the what the what the presidential delegate has they have certain attributes conferred by the central government and they make sure that everything's like you know up and up and everything's in chip shape but they do not preside the regional council anymore because that's the job of the regional governor right now and that that, makes sense. that position is being actually determined by a popular vote so you want to be a, uh, like a governor. regional governor yeah you get voted on by the population of that specific yeah. uh, region
0: exactly so again the which makes sense, right? Mm. Because you don't—you need something representing the central government to make sure, again, nobody's like seceded and right. like and there uh, are human things. rights are being like violated. However, right. there's no point in having a governor if the governor can't preside over the council exactly. and, and make decisions things, for the region.
1: They share powers actually. And they're still like the, the 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 presidential delegate is still in charge of issues of national interests, like such as security, right, migration emergency management in case there's a flood or whatever and the coordination of public services in the region
0: right like like, certain
1: things it doesn't really make sense to like decentralize them so much because you kind of benefit from this whole thing being a centralized operation talking about economies of scale efficiency yada 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 yeah you know and
0: kong can't just decide they're going to (coughs) tear down the hospital in order to build more apartments that look over the ocean probably the what is it called, non intendente? The, I th- I think the, the, new the thing. hospitals
1: fall into the purview of the of the regional government. I'm not sure though.
0: But I feel like uh, at that point, if they're like, let's tear down the hospital to build a new uh, high rise hotel for the rich people, then the probably the representative of the government of Chile would be like. You need a hospital.
1: Let, let's get the health minister involved or whatever. I think that falls unto, in, under the jurisdiction of social development, and that actually falls under... It is one of the attributes that the regional government So they has. could do that?
0: I, I, oh don't quote gosh. me on this, but I think they, Man, they con, con do not take my advice
1: there. <laughs> We're like, hmm, I could see good it point, Bethany. It's a
2: public hospital, and it has to go through the
1: ministry of... Yeah, you're probably yeah, right, so right think- about that. So as of this year, as of 2022 as long as the regional council is on board, that's an important thing, the regional governor can actually petition the president for the transfer of attributes, jurisdictions, from the national to the regional level. So they can do this now. However, mm-hmm. I also learned that um, before that, from 2018 to 2022, it was only the president who could initiate the answer. The mm-hmm. the, the, the transfer, which was might, might also be the case that we didn't see so many attributes being transferred Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm not against giving credit where credit is due when it comes to borders, but I think, like, the reason that we see a lot more transfer right now is that because all of the regional governors are like, okay, we would like to have our jurisdiction dictions now, if you don't mind, you know, because it's sure. 2022 and we can do this now, you know? Sure, sure. So, um, now, it is also because i mean they can ask for it and before they have been sometimes as i said like the president was just like we're gonna offer you this jurisdiction now which doesn't necessarily mean that the regional government's are on board with that you know like you it might you might be tempted to think that they were like sure you know more responsibility here i have more say in the issues. not always like sometimes right. they would have to um like the regional councils don't always welcome them because um They don't see themselves mostly not well equipped enough to handle this new responsibility. And that could be. You know that could mean they don't have the human resources to do that. They don't have the finances to do that. They don't have the technical competence to do that. Right. Certain things like we're just like nah. You know we rather like you central government. We we need some assistance here. Like just I mean like we we don't have the expertise to do that.
0: Yeah. Like like we don't have this engineer in order to to build this. I mean I know that for example we talked about recently how Boric like has this new um, uh, initiative to lay internet lines. Yeah. Because there is just not internet access in a lot of the regions and a lot of these places. And because telework is so important, again, if there's internet in, I don't know, Quilpue, you know, you're going to be more encouraged to be like, oh, I can live there. You know, I have family there. Yeah. So, and I can work from there. So, it's all, but obviously you might not have technicians from there to be able to lay those lines right right
1: or like i don't know you might have like people in the regional government that were just like okay let's uh let's do this infrastructure thing. It's like, how are we going to go about this?
0: We don't have a truck to do the thing. It also is like... like,
1: I've never done this before. Like, wha- yeah. how, how do I, we I need finance some assistance. This? Like, yeah. I don't know, where, where, what do I need? Like, do I need like, uh, is
0: it, is this more important than the other thing? Yeah. How do we prioritize this? Somebody so, give me some numbers. Yeah. Call like, in. I need
1: training. I don't know. And we need trains. Yeah, we need That's trains. That's a different episode. Yeah, we need trains too. So, so basically this whole transfer of the, of the attributes. Transfer. Transfer of the jurisdictions would be from basically from the national ministries to the regional governments but this um, would include only matters regarding territorial planning which is one the other one would be promotion of economic activity in the region and uh, the third one would be economic and social development those are the three pillars All those are the three broad areas in which uh, jurisdiction can be transferred from the national to the regional governments. Everything that falls outside these three areas is not in question yet. might come later, but as of now, that's not a thing. But, you know, these are pretty broad. I mean, they include things like, I don't know, like um, presiding the Environmental Impact Commission, deciding on the use of shoreline, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things that fall under that umbrella. So... um, so i'm not going to get into this whole process of transferring those com- uh, the, those jurisdictions but you know suffice to say that it has to pass through a whole boatload of institutions mm-hmm. i mean starting from the from the presidency who says let's go you know let's start mm-hmm. the transfer process until it gets to the regional governments it has to pass through like what was it like um Ministries and decentralization committees and study committees and secretaries and oh man, but it must not take longer than six months. It actually has been mandated by law. This whole process needs to be done within six months. Okay. Same time that the new constitution. We like we must like take. nice
0: round numbers. Yeah, we do. Six Your months Two semesters, nice. yeah. as they say.
1: So. Um, What I thought was interesting is that, given the system, it's not that all regional governments get conferred the same uh, attributes at the same time. Because, I mean, you think about, like, the way that I always thought about it was, okay, uh, which also is a very centralized way of thinking about it, is that, okay, then, okay, the president's going to decide that we're going to decentralize now the... I don't know, the the, the the presiding the committee of b- constructing roads or whatever okay, yeah. to all the regions, but it's not like that. No, no, Because, no. like, different Which regions... wouldn't make sense if it was. Would, yeah, it wouldn't really make sense because, I mean, it depends. I mean, got it's got the
0: best roads in the country now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if that was... I mean, that might actually get a lot of things done in a very short amount of time comparatively. Yeah. But yeah, then, I mean, then on the other hand, what happens here is that, like, the regional governments, they just go like, you know what? I'm kind of interested in you transferring this jurisdiction over because, uh, like, this is kind of relevant for me. Like, for example, I read about this case in Valparaíso. They were, were, like, asking for the presidency of the Economic, no, the Environmental Impact Committee, whatever. And one of the members of the regional council, she was just like, well, you know, we have a lot of issues with catastrophes here with the natural disasters, flooding. Tsunami. And uh, here, forest fires. Sure, So it kind of makes sense that we're taking care of this locally. But then there were other things that were just like flat out rejected. We're just like, we don't need it. We don't have the the manpower, the resources to take care of that. Mm -hmm. So you have, like, all these different regions asking for different things at different Different times. Different priorities. It's a a bit messy, but it's kind of, like, it's very flexible in a way, you know? Right,
0: but it makes sense because, again, that's the whole point of this decentralization is because for so long, Santiago has been making decisions for the country, and the priorities of Santiago are not the priorities of all of these other regions or all these other cities, the, the priorities of some might be like, we need a freaking hospital. Like yeah. people are dying or we need a school or I don't know, we need buses. It, the yeah. priorities are, or we need roads are completely different. And that it makes sense that that would be something that's that's necessary.
1: Yeah, so that's one of the upsides there. So let's talk about the advantages of decentralization a little bit here. There we were a, a couple. Oh, um, well, well, Tessie I, I think so. there are a few things that we haven't covered because I mean, oh. I think the first First and foremost, I think what the most evident thing is that the decentralization fosters economic development. Sure. You know, because it really allows regions to kind of like play on their own regionally specific strength and kind of like develop strategies around those strengths, these competitive Mm -hmm. advantages that they have. And and that may be, I don't know, let's say an abundance of a certain resource that they have or maybe like a geographical quirk that they have that might be really advantageous to them or the expertise that is concentrated in one area because we have a lot of people that are specialists in mining, you know. Exactly. Like all of our,
0: like so, so many of our like mining specialists like live here in Santiago and then like travel like monthly or weekly up to like these mining places and it's like why aren't we investing in these people in those regions that have these these expertise why are we why are the companies paying money to these people to fly why
1: are we not investing in these places so the people actually want to live there
0: (laughs) it also right look why is it it's literally just a mine and nothing else and like some (laughs) dorms (laughs) And um, something that I was reading online is a big movement that a lot of people in the regions want is more investments. Because you mentioned investments in um, small businesses that happen Mm. a lot in Santiago. Investing in small businesses in the regions so that they can be, they can support themselves. Like, look, if we start investing in, I don't know. Small clinics, maybe you're not going to necessarily need to build an entire hospital if Which you've is got like small it, clinics if in if you've different ever been areas. If
1: you have a clinic, like <laughs> in like a fucking airport. Dude. I like, was like, there it's so today. Decentralization reduces, uh, let's say, the geosocial inequalities that we are that we we just talked about before. It mm-hmm. it matters where you were born. It matters where you went to school. Yep. It matters kind of like where you work.
0: What your name sounds like. What your
1: name sounds well that. I mean, okay. that, in a way, is also linked a little bit to a way... Where, like, if you were born in the Araguania region, it's a lot more likely that you have, like, a Mapuche last exactly. name. So then you're like, what's your name, Kalafkin? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so, exactly. Which, you know, is oh, bad in Oh, your name sounds itself. German? Yeah, you're, you're hired. hired. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I'm not complaining, but it's terrible.
0: I mean, you recognize your privilege and the fact that it's kind of... You messed know, up, yeah. It's kind of messed <laughs> it's up. It's kind and, of messed um, up. But, you know, you have a job, so...
1: Yeah, Right. So, um, as you said, like there are like stark differences, like in opportunities and access between the regions, and this this whole thing, this whole situation right now, that unfortunately perpetuates the whole stereotype, this whole situation. And the article that I read about this that actually made a nice comparison, it said like, okay, look, San Santiago might suck, but. It still beats having to cross a river in a wooden crate suspended by a cable over the water, you know, or in a plastic boat or whatever. Like, especially the indigenous population in a lot of parts of town, they're often forced to walk hours until they get to like a rundown rundown classroom to get like a mediocre, uh,
0: you
1: know, education. That's one
0: reason why, because at one point Bachelet got rid of Daylight Savings Time. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the
0: reasons we went back.
1: What? Oh, okay. Yeah, really?
0: One one of the reasons we went back is because it was too dark in the mornings for people to walk. It was like pitch black and there were these kids having to walk to, to school. And it was, it was just too, it was too dangerous and kids were getting like run over. And
1: so you got these big discrepancies between regions. So Uh of course, the decentralization supposed to, as we said before, foster economic development and kind of like eradicate this whole thing, like level the playing field, uh, get people to like, you know, get, Businesses settle down, regions make more money, you can invest in infrastructure, better education, hospitals, yada, 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 all these things. And you can make the, the case that, um, like, developed decentralized countries in Europe or in the States, they've they've come up with systems to actually balance um, the development of different regions. I know, for example, Germany does. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do not only focus on like the economic development they don't only focus on numbers but also on the well-being there sure like one negative example that the the guy brought up and you just talked about it is like antofagasta which is in terms of uh, productivity antofagasta makes a shitload of money because like most
0: of the money for the country
1: but nobody wants to live there because it's a shithole. I'm sorry, but Antofagasta yeah. is a shithole. There's
0: nothing there. There's nothing to yeah. enjoy there. Yep. So a lot, a lot of people want to live in Santiago as well because, yep. like, hey, you can go anywhere, do anything, so I much actually, entertainment. Someone would build to a live movie live theater there. and a mall and everybody would want to live in Antofagasta. Chileans love malls.
1: All these incentives, but they're just not sustainable because, because just, there's they have such, nothing to back it exactly, up Exactly. Because, know?
0: see, here's the exact – this is the, the, the thing is they have all of these amazing incentives and people still don't want to live there because it sucks. Yeah. So if like me and Mao went to Antofagasta, first of all, our families aren't there. Our friends are here. Right. Our lives are here, and there's nothing to. There's not a mall. There's not a movie theater. There's, there's not, not like mall. bars that you can go to. There's no like local there's entertainment. A, I mean, you know, or, I'm yeah. sure there's a pica somewhere. Yeah, like
1: a Fuente de Soda, whatever. Yeah, like uh, exactly. But it's like how many times
0: do we go to the same Fuente de Sola yeah. again? Like, what if we had a kid? What school would they go to? Is it going to be like worth it for us to like try to figure out? the the value of education why are you laughing go to the
2: university of
0: heck no <laughs>
2: um <laughs> i mean the i don't care one. if they're
0: passionate about going to the university of i'll be like you might as well just be you know what pinguino does and then get a podcast oh that is blow. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <Global>. <laughs> for a living
2: <laughs> no audio visual communicator excuse me
1: <laughs> as a penguin <laughs> Another one of the advantages of decentralization would be that it actually it creates several urban centers, and that will relieve Santiago, which is also something yeah. that you have to think about. Mm-hmm. Like because right now Santiago is just fucking out of control, congested. It's, it's just growing and growing. That the sprawl actually causes people to commu- uh, people's commute to become longer. Yeah. And eventually, also reach unacceptable. Like I had no people from San Bernard who have to get up like at five to be at work yep. at nine.
0: Remember that time when one of the ministers were like, "Just get up earlier, and yeah. so the metro will be cheaper." And it's like I get up at four thirty in the morning already.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: not me. People do. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm it's lucky. like
1: when you want to go to bed. Like by the time you get home, you gotta hit the sack to get at least like six hours of sleep. I mean, exactly. What you got are you got talking off at about? Seven
0: p.m. the way most Chileans do, and then you go commute two hours, right. and you gotta go to sleep,
1: and, and you then know. you
0: have no quality
2: of life. And also.
1: Add to that that since you get the sprawl and more and more people live here and more and more cars, but the same amounts of streets pretty much, the traffic jams get worse every day, which also adds adds to your commute and all of this of course has an adverse effect on people's mental health I was and just that about to article say that, yeah. stated i don't know from what year it was but the article stated that according to the world world health world health organization well that's a mouthful santiago is the, the city with the strongest degree of mental health decline among mm-hmm. its population worldwide yeah i saw that
0: um, I'm, they've been yep. talking a lot about how mental health is like one of the number one emphasis one of the the number one things that they need to emphasize the most in chile because it has been especially with how the pandemic was and how we were so isolated differently from so many other countries the mental health like any person i know that works in the mental health um industry right now is like i have i can't take on any there are more patients than people mental health professionals are capable of taking on right now And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: So if they do that thing with a decentralization, they create urban centers around Talca or Rancagua, if it actually existed. So if they did that, like that would actually take a huge load of Santiago in a way. And also just seeing the the nature also also
0: helps with your mental health as well. Like, look, a tree. Yeah. I live, if you live in the center, it's like, where's the last time you saw a tree?
1: Exactly, and Rancagua will be like, hooray, hooray, we got working infrastructure, people actually want to live here, and Santiago just be like, yeah, yeah take them go yeah. we need air to breathe this is terrible literally and, we have and we no also air need right now. you know real estate prices to drop because oh these God. real estate prices are also a That's... result of what's going on right now exactly. everybody wants to live in santiago real estate prices are going you, up
0: because you have to because it's not like everybody wants to live here yeah. it's everybody has to live here and
1: if in there like they're out of whack you know and right now like whack. they're out of whack yo and they're still uh I'm just pointing towards nothing. Oh. <laughs> still comparatively, well, houses, around. the houses that are well, extremely I mean, there's literally, there's the buildings literally... are so expensive. Like yeah. the apartments in the regions, it's comparatively cheap still. Oh, like, that's I why mean, people. Yeah. I know a lot of people who were like, I want to invest in apartments, just as like. They started buying in the regions now because, like right now, they were like, "It's not worth it anymore to buy an apartment in Santiago." You just no, it's not. It, well,
0: first of all, who who yeah. can afford it? You, you, yeah. Who are these people buying apartments right now? No, no, no. I mean
1: you have a constant salary, and then they are in the early 30s, and they get a loan. Okay, from I a know bank, how it works. You it was know, a that's I mean, yeah, yeah. But they go like, okay, the return on investment is just really shitty. Like, exactly. it's not worth it anymore. So, let's buy an apartment in Rancagua until they find out that it's. It Rancagua's just a big sham. And they have been, <laughs> they've, they've an been scammed. This is an
0: inside joke in Chile that Rancagua doesn't exist. I can tell you it does exist because Mao has to go there and do things. And they don't receive anything via oh, yeah. mail or fax or email. And you have to go physically there yeah, to get will them... be
1: surprised once he gets there.
0: He used to go there every uh-huh. week,
1: dude. I think he's got brainwashed bumps or something. Maybe. So.
0: Maybe the cults that used to. The, when you enter Rancagua, it's like a Twilight Zone. You, just, yeah, think, pretty you much. just think that you were there. They put so. memories in your
1: head. <laughs> so decentralization is also a better suited to, or is a better approach to tackle regional problems. Like the thing that you just mentioned about like changing daylight savings time. Like People in Santiago were just like, sure, let's change daylight savings I time. I it.
0: And then I had yeah. no idea that people were like getting people, run over by buses. Yeah, and then people in Putarenas arenas
1: were just like, we need sunlight. What is going on? Like, this is terrible. Don't like don't really. I mean, we still have a time difference with Punta Arenas, yeah, right? Yeah, we do. Like, they, like, I mean, it has... They there's a reason. Never, they
2: never go into daylight
1: savings. Ah, okay. Or
2: it's the other way around. I
1: just know I, don't mean, know. They, I just know that they never change their time. They yeah. Have, like, but in my, there was discussion of abolishing like this whole thing, and there were, like, people from Punta Arenas were just like, no, no, bad idea. Like, this is not how it works It, didn't, it
0: lasted a year, and then but we had to go back.
1: That's a typical example of, like, basically things being mandated here in Santiago, and then... Basically, just running and get up against the wall of the regions. where like, oh, we haven't thought about that. Like, if that decision because has been made locally, about,
0: look, I mean, the politicians even in Santiago are barely thinking about the people in Santiago. Imagine like, like trying to think about what happens in the regions, and yeah. the only region that they've ever been to is what Sapagad,
1: <laughs> You know, <laughs> pretty much. And yeah, granted, you have like these presidential delegates in the regions, but they are also kind of like quote but unquote they don't live lackeys. There. That- they probably don't live there. No, I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do but even it, if they it, it, it's kind of heavy. yeah, yeah if a if lot of them are like, like we live they, here like, and they like, don't they, they like have their homes in Santiago right. no of... but even if they live there right now I mean like in, even if they see the problems there like there are just quote unquote like the government's lackey yeah In a way, and they cannot really... And we're talking about... That was also like this article was written before this whole transfer of power took place. So we're talking about the intendant still. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they were like, I see the problem, but the only thing that I can do is make suggestions. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can't really call the shots here. And also just the mere fact of this presidential delegate that exists. It's kind of like a very paternalistic symbol in a way right. that the state is still there, like trying to look over your shoulder, what are you doing, kids? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt, but I think it's also something worth mentioning. But the whole, for example, the daylight saving times problem that we're just, pro- that's just one of many problems. The other one that I've actually read about in this article is, for example, this pollution uh, in the south in Osorno or Temuco, because yeah. there's a lot of industry, but not so much industry, they use they, wood, burning they, wood burning stuff. Yeah. And they were like, well, you think Santiago has bad pollution? Go to Temuco, go to Osorno, go to fucking Ventanas. Oh my god! Dude, like Ventanas is like a fraction of the population in Santiago, and it's like a hundred times worse the pollution there because like Those are
0: sacrifice zones. Yeah, with the the industry. Okay,
1: well maybe that's maybe it's not the best example, but Osorno. No, 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 it is. It's a good example. That's
0: why I was. Yeah, but they
1: kind of like they kind of like did it intentionally. You know what I mean? But it's it's more like it's
2: still shitty. You
1: got Temuco. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, like nobody really cares Like because in Santiago, I mean, there have been efforts to reduce these kind of these, these things, and yeah. you see that working here. I don't think you see that working in Temuco, for no, example. For example,
0: for, for, for wood-burning stoves in parts of Santiago, they, I think it was Piñera's government at some point, tried, did this initiative to help fund replacements of some wood-burning stoves, which actually, now that I'm remembering exactly what I read, um, was actually completely a political move and not realistic mm. because he wanted to deny that it was the buses that were polluting the city, <laughs> and it was actually the wood burning stoves of the poor people. Oh. So he was like, "We're going to fix it by giving poor people these things and not mm. focusing on the buses."
1: Actually, let me give a little shout out because yesterday I was uh, attending a, a um, award ceremony where, like, so yesterday I was at this award ceremony, and actually one of the people. Um, who won an award was a um, father and son who invented a wood burning stuff which is like, I don't know, 60% more efficient, works with biomass, pollutes a lot less. Nice. And they're actually equipping a lot of classrooms down south. It's oh, I called, love that. The company's called Thor House, Thor, like nice. the god. And uh, the the product's called, I think, Eco Turbo. So if you live in the south, you listen to that, you want an efficient wood stuff, I gladly give them a shout out because I think it's a great idea and they deserve it. I hope everything. they're affordable. Or I hope maybe, I think they're pretty affordable. I looked at the prices, but I can't remember that. But I uh, mean, it, it But again, like affordable to, to us might not be
0: affordable to somebody who lives yeah. in Puntarenas.
1: Yeah, but you the know.
0: salaries are different too. Like let's just talk about like the, the amount of money that you make here in Santiago, like
1: compared to Afagasta, which is like oh m- yeah, manifold. versus
0: what you make in Limache, right? Like it's like oh how what where yeah. do you how do you live like right. you know.
1: But with all these regional problems you know we're talking about the i don't know the daylight the pollutant the whatever these kind of things the high, so pollutant. The high pollutant the pollutant <laughs> like by decentralizing this whole thing by like conferring power power to the mm-hmm. to the regional governments like it also like it it um allows them to kind of like adapt also their organic administrative structure to for, this whole thing yeah and to the specific needs so for example adapting their personnel roster and the services offered by the local administration, adapting that to the demographic realities, right? You know, maybe they're like, okay, you know, like in Santiago, they're offering this service XYZ. We don't really need that here, but we need more of this other service because there's a need for that. Mm -hmm. And actually there, you know, there are certain demographic differences, which is a little something that they call statutory power. So basically the power that they can adapt their stuff to whatever the regional um, necessities are. Nice. So there. And last point about that, But I think you're going to like that decentralization basically hands over the power to the people. Power. You know, the power. power That's good.
0: It, the German accent does. You wonder why.
1: The power to the people, yes. So, because if you think about it, the decentralization is basically just central government accepting to give a power. Period. You know, and uh, that basically also means handing over power to the people. So, moving like,
0: De- decrease in some corruption.
1: Decrease, yeah, yes, and no, and that's an interesting point. But I'm going to talk about this a little bit further down the line. Um, but you can say that it really de- fosters democracy because um, yeah. people of the region they feel more agency, yeah. and they would be able to start tackling local issues with right. locally so appropriate it is, issues.
0: Okay, it is objectively more mm-hmm. democratic.
1: Yeah. objectively. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, it will also strengthen their regional identities and. Possibly also, maybe reduce the animosity towards like up them, the ivory tower and the yeah, central which government. definitely exists. But you got, I think there's a like fine balance to balance to be kept here because remember the, the little discussion that we had during the uh, when they were writing the new constitution where they were actually afraid that this whole fragmentization, the regionalization of the state might actually result in a loss of identity, which is something I can see that happening if it becomes too like like where do you draw the line i mean how much you can say okay we're going to give more independence to the regional governments but you can also say okay uh, i want more independence of how like from my neighbor i don't know like like i, 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 I want I a different set of rules applying to me i'm i'm exaggerating here but you no, know what i mean right no
0: but as somebody from like I, I, obviously is different the regions are not like being from a state but as somebody from the us i very much self identify as someone from the us And also very proudly somebody from Arkansas. It is a part of who I am, Mm -hmm. especially because, I mean, people from the US can definitely like back me up. You meet somebody that grew up in a different state than you and it could be a very close state to where you're from and your cultures are so different from what you eat, Mm -hmm. to how you speak, to your mannerisms, to how you view the world and so, but we're both from the same country and being from the U.S. also gives you such a distinct difference from somebody yeah, but from you Canada. Still, but, but you kind
1: of need, need to foster that too. Like there needs to be like this overarching sure, idea think, that we're still part of the same in-group.
0: But yeah, but I think that you can do that. I don't think that it's, I think that, that you can do that. I think that in, in, if yeah. you're proud of where you're from. I think you
1: can do that, but it also really depends on like how far are you going to drive this fragmentization, so to speak? Right. You know what I, I think mean? Chi- I mean, Chileans, there's a line to be drawn sure. somewhere.
0: Chileans in general need to be more proud of being Chilean in yeah. general. They're very self-deprecating.
1: Unless it comes to soccer.
0: They're still pretty self-deprecating. They're like, but we're not Argentine or anything. And I'm like, no, but you're Chile. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this whole decentralization process also has its challenges that we sure, should talk of course. about. One, it's all going to be easy. Done. The, yeah, so, done, done. One thing is, and that has been a little bit controversial, um, be, some people are afraid that regions might take on too much debt. There's, like, basically they're running a tab that is unchecked, and then in the end it's a, it's a central government that has but to they're bail not them really out. are really
0: running a tab. Like, are they, are they planning to run a tab? I mean, if they have... How there's going to be allocated funds?
1: Well, but they can take on debt. Like, that's sure, also... Surely
0: there's going to be a cap there.
1: And there's going to be checks and balances, sure. right? They're so, not going to just be like, it's like, a
0: credit I'm also, card, Lenny's name's on it.
1: Right. I'm, I'm not... Pff, hell no. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know the nitty-gritty of it, honestly, but I think if they are... If they get the capacity, the facility to take on debt, then there's probably... Of course, there's going to be a certain... I mean... The bank is going to probably going to be right. like, uh, "Are we going to give you that money or not?" You know, yeah. Like the financier has has a word in that. So,
0: like, what are you spending the money on? Are you right. building a hospital? or Are you building a new Fantasylandia? Right, and in people Taka? and
1: people say it's like, look, like if, if if it's necessary to take on debt, if you oh, really yeah. want uh, to, push like invest and advance in infrastructure, social other projects. Yep. you know, and then definitely beat selling Great off jobs. Create yeah, which goes kind of like hand in hand with creating better infrastructure. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm like. If you invest in I don't know this this uh, factory, yeah, you've now created jobs and an ability to pay for things, and then yeah, right. The economy, well, it, 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 it won't be
1: business that invests in a factory, but like you lay as a state, you lay the groundwork. No, but if just, it was
0: a state-owned business, as far as like producing I don't know mechanical. wood for it's pretty much the
1: only thing. But okay, I get your we point. We can
0: Here. have more. I'd be fine.
1: Okay. See where you're leaning. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I don't think, like, the state supporting the state in some manners is yeah. inherently bad. No. No, it's I'm like... not
1: saying that. But I, I get your point. Like, you put money where the regions are, not where your mouth is. Like pu-
0: public schools. <laughs> and public right, schools provide you, 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 a public service right. and jobs. Exactly. There you go. Like you create... See, bitch.
1: Yeah, you create the framework and create jobs. Bitch. <laughs> so... um but taking on debt definitely beats what a lot of regions have been doing so far. Since they couldn't take on debt, they were like selling off, for example, resources. They were yep. selling off land, you know. And that's not is That's not sustainable, and that doesn't create an incentive to keep things rolling. Yeah, you know? and who's buying the land? It's because the if, you to take on, their, like, if you parcelas. take on debt, you need to take you need to pay it back, you know. And yeah. there are a lot of people behind that that make damn sure that you're going to pay back that yep. debt. If you just sell off whatever rights to mine lithium, then ah, you know, that's Done and done.
0: Thanks, Elon.
1: Yeah, Elon. Dude,
0: future of lithium, scary shit.
1: Yeah. We'll get this we someday. To, we need to make we're gonna, an episode. We're going to make an episode. Too. I'm a little
0: scared, but yeah. let's, let's do it.
1: I'm a lithium scared. <laughs> so bad, so bad. A very real issue about decentralization is um, conflict of uh, jurisdictions there. And I think this is something oh, like yeah, this that is every decentralized federal state is struggling, even today. I mean, in the U.S., there's constantly like the yeah. the feds brush up against the local authorities sure. and who has to say and what, you know. And the big challenge here is to design the transitory, the the transitioning process in a way that there is no or is crossover or as little as possible between uh, national entities and uh, regional entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, this crossover, I think the, the name for it is a- administrative duplicities. Nice. You know? So they don't be like, oh, that's, that's, that's my job. No, that's my job. No, what are you talking about? You know? And then they have to be do a kachipun, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, and scissors. Then, you know, and then they just agree on who's doing what. So the idea is that hopefully... They can create an environment where like national and regional authorities work in collaboration and not in competition with, e- with each other sure which is very utopic but you know like that's, that's i mean there's that's gonna the be idea. bumps if there weren't there's that would be bumps. weird
0: i'd be like are we living in the matrix mm. the chilean matrix right. yeah La La
1: matriz. Matriz. La, matriz. La matriz. <laughs> yeah. right so you could also make the case that like all like developed decentralized countries um they have the central government represented in like their sub governments, their sub sure. sub administrative re- the regions. To say, for simplicity, say to say they have like the central government represented in the regions because they are better suited to tackle um, things such as security and emergency relief and border control. Sure. Because Human you know, in most of these cases, they have like advantages of let's say economies of scale. You know, they can get like they buy things or they do things in larger quantities. It has. uh, less of a cost they have better access to information or the broader data Mm -hmm. set you know whereas in in other things it's better if the regional does it because the regional government does it because it's you need a more flexible solution a solution that is more adaptable or more adapted to uh, whatever needs the certain region has you know so it kind of makes sense that you have like this coexistence between Mm -hmm. national and regional authorities but with different jurisdictions
0: well for for example something that's been uh that was trying to be tackled in the winter was chile doesn't produce their own like gas and a lot of um the majority of chileans use gas stoves Mm -hmm. and gas heaters to heat their homes and to cook
1: they import from bolivia through argentina
0: (laughs) they import it from both bolivia and argentina but argentina does not sell gas during the winter
1: oh no because i've heard that they don't because they're still in a state of war they don't
0: no, no, no. It's a get misconception. It.
1: Oh, they it's, don't do it anymore?
0: So we get our, all of our gas from Bolivia during the summer.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And
0: then during the winter, Bolivia... Sorry. during ugh, saying it again. How about it? We get all of our gas from Argentina because it's cheaper in the summer. But during the winter, Argentina stockpiles their gas. And we can no longer buy it during the winter. So mm. we buy it from Bolivia but we mm-hmm. go back and forth cuz more expensive in Bolivia. Yeah. So it's like this waffling, oh, okay, but it's yeah. not it's not it's not a political thing. It's just what's cheaper in the moment. Uh, but that's waffles. a good example of since we don't produce it, there has to be enough gas, especially in the regions where they use it more. Mm-hmm allocated and available right to those places and like delivering gas and also since there has been collusion in mm. the gas industry then the oh, government had say? to yeah the government had to step in and be like what what's what's going on what's oh, going oh, on oh, 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 oh. yeah like the, in those kinds of instances you have to have a centralized government to be like whoa what's happening here right
1: mm-hmm. another thing i thought was interesting and it's that's a pretty obvious thing but a challenge that you will face when you decentralize is that, of course, like if you decentralize, like you need to yield the expected results there because you can't just decentralize for the sake of decentralize, decentralizing, you know, there's right. no, like you got to ask yourself, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Because in the end, other people going to be better off at the end of this road. So um, it needs to, like this whole process of decentralization needs to create a framework that is like conductive for and locally adequate and fast solutions, because sure. you're talking about these. But then as well, they it has need to be also. Worth it. But they also need to create an environment that attract that is attractive for businesses, so that more jobs are being created. I mean, obviously, because a lot of people say it's like, look, could be that you change administrations, whatever. But in the end, the well-being of the people mostly is determined by an economic reality, and that is usually being created by the businesses that. Right. Down this can't
0: be a political decision. This has to be something that's practical.
1: Yeah, Right. Absolutely. I mean,
0: that just makes sense.
1: Exactly. Also, the transfer of um, of jurisdiction that needs to be accompanied by uh, the respective funding. People tend to forget that, but you know, defining the right budget that might sure. prove a challenge because, in a way, um, you cannot just say, okay, we had on a national level, we had, I don't know, let's say for public transportation, mm-hmm. we had so and so many millions, and then we're just going to split it up proportionally and right to uh, divide it through uh, um, divided among the among the regions, according uh-huh. to population, well, that might not quite work because exactly. maybe some regions need a little bit more because. I Even don't know,
0: if their population lower.
1: Right, maybe because uh, it's for some you know, climate, uh, climate Antofagasta reasons.
0: doesn't need as much, even though they might have more people, they definitely don't need as much money as right. a different region that has no infrastructure at all. When that region has got a dick ton of money.
1: Right. Or maybe like other regions have because of their, I don't know, geographic specialties or whatever specialties that they have. Maybe hey. they can find cheaper solutions. They don't need that much. Use money lava or- power.
2: You- <laughs> <laughs> a, lot,
0: a lot of power. Those places that have these volcanoes erupting.
1: Right. Oh, green hydrogen. I think we should talk about that also oh, at some man. point.
0: It's on the docket. That's in, it's on no, the no, docket. That's a long there, we docket. will never not have things to talk about in Chile. Yep.
1: So you guys don't get bored if you're not bored already. So, and last point, And actually, you brought this up.
0: People Cor- just fast forward through the numbers section. That's it. Sure.
1: Cha. Cha. Uh, corruption. Actually, and I thought it was interesting because yeah, you could make the case that. Yes, it actually reduces corruption and reduces the risk for corruption. From the top, like from From the the top. Because basically what you're doing, you're taking power out of the hands of few people and you put it into the hands of Of many many. people. Mm -hmm. Of the many. And then, of course, and also these people are a lot closer to their constituents. So basically Mm -hmm. there is a lot more oversight and people are looking to you like they are closer to you. They're looking at you more closely. Mm -hmm. But then again, you could also say that on the other side, it can also actually prove accessible for just that. Because now there are a lot more instances to be supervised, and it's taking place in smaller circles where corruption might not even get noticed or even is accepted, you know? So I think there are two sides to this whole thing. It's really difficult to to determine.
0: Um, I did read a scholarly article that was, like, talking about the benefits of decentralization, and it said that typically, if you look at other countries who have tried to decentralize, that hasn't happened. Like, you could say, like, there would be less checks and maybe there would be more corruption— but if there was going to be corruption, which is more rare in those instances, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. and it is not, and it like again is objectively more democratic, and um, we still, at least in Chile, have these checks that are still in balance with yeah. the former intendentes, right? Which would be their job—that would be making sure that you know, that the, corruption the, does not happen. Exactly, and you also have the committees.
2: Mm-hmm. So again. The,
0: the idea councils. of the councils, my bad. My bad. Right. So the idea is this is less authoritarian, more democratic, and the corruption, if it exists, is going to be on a much smaller scale than it would if it existed yeah. on, like, with the president. Could
1: also have to do with, like, decentralization, boosting economic development, usually in countries that are well-off, corruption is lower, you know. Maybe right. that, maybe, but, but you know, uh, causation, we bought correlation, bought, bought, co- causation, correlation,
0: Causation, right. correlation, poems.
1: And, you know, honestly, I also wanted to talk a bit about disadvantages of decentralization, but I haven't really found that Honestly, I wasn't looking for it actively, but in all the articles that came up, there wasn't really a lot of... um, uh, Okay, they talked about the challenges, but not about the disadvantages. So, like, what I could come up with off the top of my head is that, of course, there are going to be fewer streamlined decisions.
0: Right. Things are going to take a little longer. They're going to
1: take a little longer. There are going to be more debates, you know. And also you have smaller economies of scale, you know, if, like I don't know if you are, let's say a country like France that buys like PCR tests for like every fucking body mm-hmm. or like vaccines, which is still probably something that's going to be managed on a national level. But let's say right. it, let's say let's say it, let's say it weren't like in that case, if you have like 16 different entities buying smaller quantities, of course, it's going to cost you more. As if like one big national nation state is going to buy a boatload of vaccines, you know, what boats. I'm saying boats, 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 boats. But basically that, it's just you don't have as many streamline decisions. It's going to take longer, more debate, and fewer economies of scale. If y'all can think about anything else, please let me know. But I...
0: A lot of th- yeah. the things that I've read that were like negative were just things I didn't agree with, which is like, <laughs> oh, it, but people who are very much pro-authoritarianism, okay. which is like, okay, cool. I mean, th- I guess that makes sense if you're pro-more authoritarianism. Yeah, then like of course what? you're going to be, like that the state needs more control rather than the people. So people who are pro-authoritarian are obviously going to be against decentralization okay. because the state's going to have more control over what's happening in in all of these places, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, Okay, sure. If if that's your political leaning, then yeah, you're going to see this as a disadvantage. Right. But you know, if you're a, if you believe in democracy, then then that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. Um. I guess another downside could be it's going to take a long time. It's going to be bumps in the road. There's a lot of people that are going to. There. It's all of these types of changes get worse before they get better, and yeah. it's an investment. Right. Yeah. You're investing.
1: In but, the future, yeah, but same thing. That's democracy for you. It always yeah. takes a long time. If you want things to be to get done immediately, then yeah, it doesn't How, happen. Do it take dictatorship? There we go. You know.
0: De- so, no, I mean, that's. I think this is a lesson every single person needs to learn about political decisions. When political decisions for change are made, they will not happen immediately. And if you're wanting something to happen immediately, sorry, it doesn't matter what you think it is, it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it's not going to end yeah. up being resulting in something good.
1: Yeah, revolution is not really a thing when it come, nowadays when it comes to these things. These things don't go fast. It's more like an evolution. Right,
0: but even if you did have a revolution and you were like, hey, I'm Peru, new president or whatever, you're like, well, there's going to be a crap ton of a adjustment there oh yeah yeah but, you like, know revolution I mean? in
1: terms of okay we need to change people here
0: yeah like it's like okay but you're still ha- gonna have a transition yeah, yeah. period and a lot of upset people yeah. and you know like okay we you know economic restructuring yeah. and all of it none of it happens overnight if you're like we want a new president great you have maybe this immediate answer and you still have growing pains so right, anyway right. that is my soapbox for the day no that
1: was actually a, a very germane soapbox
0: do you call me German? No, I call you German. How dare you? I don't <laughs> think do there's a drop wish. of German in my blood. I don't think there's a drop. Fine,
1: you eightish. But that's all I have now. That now you know everything that is to be. there's to I know about this. I am so glad you were
0: able to make that very concise. Because never try to talk to a lawyer about things about politics because it gets so convoluted. I'm
1: glad that you thought that was concise.
0: I think it was. <laughs> oh,
1: girl, I from, me, I,
0: from me trying to do my own research on this thing and then me talking to my fiance and you just started quoting laws at me. I'm like, I don't know in Spanish. And I was like, yeah. I don't know what the f- that means. Yeah. You just said a law. Right. Tell me what that means. And yeah, no, like, no, that was
1: like a law 20,000 something something. I was like, I'm not going to bring this up. Nobody cares about what law that is. And know. just
0: saying that's how lawyers are in this country. They don't necessarily know job. how to apply laws. They just know how to say them. Though my fiance is a very, very oh, good lawyer. Shots fired. He's a very, very good lawyer. But that's the thing is when you're like, hey, no, it's not. They're like,
2: that just what? For
0: a right? Well, I have my own lawyer. Are
1: they going to cut deal me. with Pinguino's? Like, we get the recordings.
0: <laughs> 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 These are going to be like the, the second outtakes. famous recordings on the news. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to follow us on our Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. Check out our Patreon if you want to support us. That's patreon.com slash the Chile Today Podcast. Email us, talk to us, come hang out at one of our events. And we'll talk to you soon. So when in doubt,
1: we we'll go out. Bye. Right, bye bye. The Chili Today podcast is hosted by Lennart Kluge and Bethany Francis and produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. For more information on the news topics you heard today, check out Chilitoday.cl